0: The After Show. The After Show. Watch Along
1: of Time. We both have procured alcoholic beverages. Yes. (laughs) In the brief break between Watch Along and After Show. Yes. What exactly are we sipping? Uh, We are sipping
0: bourbon of a type that uh, I should probably not say because, (laughs) you know, they ain't paying us and also it's not the best bourbon I've ever had. I might not actually buy this again.
1: (laughs) But uh, once again, I am Alex Jacobs. And I am Levi Jacobs. And we thought maybe we should like introduce our pedigree a little bit here. Yeah, yeah, you know why
0: that. we're qualified to talk. <laughs>
1: well, qualified might be a yeah, it's word true. Yes, why but. we think that? Why why we decided to say a thing on a podcast? We both have a pretty long history with uh, the book series. Um, I'm
0: almost entirely certain my interest in it is because of you because <laughs> yeah, <Levi, so> <laughs> I'm older
1: brother by 9 or 10
0: years yeah and uh, he left a lot of his stuff just kind of laying around the house when he was you know off to college and everything including some of his books and i was a voracious reader when i was younger yeah and so i saw like you know 700 page book or something <laughs>
1: of brook one and i was like i can take that challenge on. accepted <laughs> and i did and i loved it <laughs> and i uh was lucky enough to read the lord of the rings in third grade in this accelerated reading class and it it kindled both my love for reading and for epic fantasy Mm. and some point uh i think probably like the shadow rising book four was out when i started reading book one and for a long time i was caught up and every time a book would drop i would buy it and that stretched from i think from middle school probably through some part of college uh i want to say like winter's heart which is i think book eight or nine was the last one that i like picked up and read and then my life moved on to other things but <laughs> and then uh now that i have this job in the summers where i have a uh, long distance driving by semi to do i accepted it as my challenge to read the rest of the series because i love the author who finished them brandon sanderson but trying to start at book nine of a series that is a thousand pages of very complex you, things you can't it's it's not possible so what did i do i started at book one
0: <laughs> and i got to hear several times about uh oh my god the saggy, <laughs> saggy <laughs> middle Sometimes. of the series yeah the middle the middle you know even even you know lord of the rings considered a classic in fantasy two towers gets get some flack being the middle. And yeah. There's and, there's a lot more middle to the wheel of
1: time. To Robert Jordan's credit, he was dying, so <laughs> I mean, wow, alright. We, we can I'm go there. With there. It. I'm just doing it. <laughs> I mean, they're still good. It's just like they're just the books are anyways, this is not an episode about the books. I'm not gonna go there. <laughs> I do have other episodes I'll maybe link to in the show notes if you want to hear me talk about the Wheel of Time. Uh, but the I guess the other reason that I can talk about this is that I uh, have a degree in literature and I write epic fantasy, so I come to it with a writer's perspective of, like, how are they writing this? How are they adapting the novels from what they were to the TV? I find all of that super interesting, so I'll probably geek on on that as we... As we talk, right. I have a little bit less of that. I, I'm more. I'm more a failed author. Um, I tried to do it for a little <laughs> bit. Author in remission.
0: Yeah. Well, I kind of discovered <laughs> that my creative process was deeply unhealthy and uh, kind yes. of had to stop. I my interests are mostly in like newer media. At the end, you're probably going to hear me blab a lot about video games when we talk about what else we have been up yeah. to. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I know my way around a book and writing one, even if I don't do it so much anymore. I was more on the editing side, kind of refine other people's ideas.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. And you always have good ideas of your own. It's just...
0: They're ideas. They're not always good, but they're usually weird.
1: I think they're good. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so, with that—that that, uh, brief apology for us talking out of the way, <laughs> um, what do you
0: think? Um, I liked it quite a bit. Yeah, me um, too. I mean, so much of the visuals were fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I didn't. I, I think I feel like the casting was a bit of a mixed bag. Um. Yeah, Rand is perfectly punchable. Yeah, Rand is great. Um, I I like Perrin quite a bit too, but like Matt then, looks perfect. Matt right? Matt is perfect. He's fucking Matt spot is always on. The rogue. Yeah. Matt it, Matt can never not be perfect. He's the best character oh, and man. always will be.
1: Matt. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> yep. He interestingly enough, the guy who finished the series, Brandon Sanderson, he could not figure out how to write this character. He had to go back and no. revise him because <laughs> it's it's. Not his kind of character. But anyway, that is neither here yeah. nor there in the series. But, uh, yeah, name Egwin wasn't quite how I pictured them. And mm-hmm. Lan, too. I think I mentioned it in the watch along where I was like, oh, wait, what? Yeah. So He's obviously a badass, which is like oh, yeah. Lan's main characteristic. And so he's from the Borderlands, which are in the north. And... I think that Jordan does basically describe them as being Asian-looking. It's just, like... Oh. Like, the Shinarans, like, Fahil, she has, like, tilted eyes and stuff. Right. You know? So, I think that, like, his descriptions are there, and they're just very subtle. Huh. And it's just kind of, like, seeing Lan on screen as a very Asian guy is kind of like, oh, I guess the Borderlanders, like... I think it's actually accurate.
0: Okay. It, it, I, I don't I don't doubt that. It's You've read the books more recently than I yeah. have. And uh, just... Jordan Robert Jordan wrote a lot of words and sometimes it's easy to yeah. forget some of those words. Good God.
1: <laughs> yeah, especially descriptions of characters because he's known for being quite verbose and yes. giving you too much description and I think his readers are known for skimming at times.
0: I I was certainly guilty of it at a time or 16.
1: And if you've read 15,000 pages of these characters, like at a certain point, it doesn't matter what he described them as, you've gone your own direction with who they are and what they look like. Exactly.
0: I mean, I think you're always going to um run into this issue where it's a it's a non-visual medium that you're translating into a visual work, you know. There's yeah. always, there's always going to be that disconnect where your brain has supplied something, but it's not the same as what, you know, the directors, the Uh, Casting people have done
1: totally. What was in their brain? I find it really fascinating, actually. Like, especially with Egwene, somehow to look at her and be like, "This actress can be Egwene." Like, okay, like I can can I put this like very rich and complex character in my mind into this actress's face and her body, and I'm like, she's so different than I imagined. But right, yeah, totally. And I I think
0: I think part of it might be I'm. You know, it's epic fantasy. I don't think it's too much of a spoiler to say, you know, they all, they all go quite a ways from, you know, being simple peasants in the right. two rivers. And I think kind of those images are more fresh in my mind mm-hmm. from kind of the end of the series. And I'm kind of comparing right. that mental image to, you know, where they're at at the very start of the series and going, oh, there's this doesn't quite match. Yeah. It doesn't quite mesh. So I think some of that is just
1: on me. One thing with casting that I will say uh, is just that, like, I'm so down with people in the two rivers looking like all kinds of different people. Because we've got yeah. like white people and Asians and like every color and kind of face is there, which is super cool. But it is a very insular place that like no one leaves and no one comes to well, for like centuries. So you'd think by this point they would all look like something that doesn't have to be any kind of thing, but you'd think they would have sort of homogenized after all this time.
0: But at the same time, you know, we have that mention, we have that exchange between Moraine and Neneve, where uh, mm, you know she mentioned, yeah, Neneve was brought in, so you know, mm. you can that kind of lets you be like, okay, it's a very insular place, but you know, if you become accepted into their community from outside, yeah. then you just become one of them. Also, yeah. it's just it's nice to see. Uh, you know, fantasy adaptations not be very 100%. monochromatic,
1: you know. 100%. Just... Yeah, it's, yeah, I like, you know, yeah, I'd be so happy because I think, like, in Jordan's mind, like, pretty much most of his continent was white people. Oh, um, And then yeah. he had, like, his, like, the Aiel race, which is sort of like the Fremen of Dune, but they were actually, well, anyway, that's spoilers. Yeah. But they're kind of actually just white people too. It's like, wait a second.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: uh we we can get to the to the ale later (laughs) yeah so uh i i think i like the casting for the most part perrin is like he's got a powerful presence like yeah no spoilers on like what kind of like uh abilities and things happen to him but i feel like he fits pretty well
0: yeah and you know it's uh the actor um i I didn't even catch his name when we were looking at the credits but he does a great job with you know perrin's not a super verbal character and in the books jordan was able to you know get into his head a little bit see his thought process but you can get a sense of you know where perrin's at just by seeing you know all the work the actor's doing with the with his expression yeah he's broody with his like with his body position you know yeah body language
1: um yeah he like you know when he carries his wife out like he's yeah, like yeah, it says Very
0: slowly and like deliberate steps and yep. sets her down and just kind yep. of takes a step back.
1: Yeah. So, speaking of which, one of the things I wanted to talk about was like where it feels like this is departing the most from the series. And for me, that is 100% with Baron's relationship because in the books, to the best of our recollection, I think... He is neither married, nor expecting child, nor even in a relationship, let right. alone kills the person who is at the center of all those things. Yeah, I I, uh, I really liked that departure yeah, because totally. it, uh,
0: it, again, I don't want to get into spoilers, but Perrin, it kind of introduces a lot of the themes that Perrin grapples with in the books very yeah. early. Yeah, and, you know, In a totally. way that doesn't involve a lot of introspection on his part.
1: Yeah, there's an obvious external, this thing happened reason right. for him being conflicted. And like I said in the watch along, I feel like he can be kind of a blank character or the least interesting <laughs> of the like four that we've got journeying at the moment. And this, like, even if he comes off externally that way, I think as we're watching, we're going to be like, ah, but he's so tormented inside. Right. And he's um, going to have to deal with it. Like, it's going to be really interesting how his character deals with the grief and the guilt and all the things. Right. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing that portrayed. For me, the biggest departure is just, Nenev's gone. Yeah, I know. Like, okay, so Nenev, you know, like, you can tell <laughs> she was pretty important. Like, Maureen has this discussion with her. They're investing in her, right? And then a trollic grabs her and runs off.
0: Yep, which, which is also <laughs>
1: kind of weird because, you know... Trollocs don't grab people and run off. No, out. they just murder the <laughs> hell out of people. Yeah, they're into murdering the hell out of people. And dismembering people. and Maybe eating people? I don't remember. Yeah, or just making, like, weird yin-yang symbols out of lamb bodies. Yeah,
0: so, like, this, <laughs> that that is the biggest departure for me and mm-hmm. it's one that I really don't like because I feel like it yeah. could be, and this is getting a little bit into predictions for the future, yeah. I feel like in the next episode or two we're going to see like kind of another big action set piece like we for got sure. for the battle of two yep. rivers where mm-hmm. you know there's one power stuff going on land yeah. being a badass the yeah the village kids is kind of trying to not die as they rescue nanaev yeah i'm kind of not here for that I, how, how do you feel
1: uh you mean with Nynaeve not being there
0: yeah and kind of if it goes along how i think it's gonna go and I feel
1: like pretty confident about this. Hmm. I have not watched ahead. If it if that's Man, exactly what happens, it's. I mean, I feel bad because it's been less time since I read Eye of the World than you did. But like, I don't know. I don't think that her absence and you know whether her absence is permanent or not. Uh, I don't know that it's going to affect that so much. But that is, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they do it. Yeah, how it plays out for sure. Um, but yeah, that's a huge departure too. When it happened, I was like, wait, what? And I kept waiting for her to like, you know, kill the Trolloc and come yeah! back and she's just gone. And then the next yeah. morning, like nobody can heal you because, which I thought was really cool because Moraine like hasn't had much chance to interact with them. And she like proves her goodwill to Rand by healing his father, even though Rand is a dick about it. Like he's, he's like such a dick. Yeah. You see, he's, you know, he's epically punchable. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and I thought it was also neat
0: because we got to see a little bit of how healing works, which is kind of a yeah. world detail that they haven't been able to introduce because it's more like you like kind of split like the pain or the ailment with whoever you're curing, yeah. if I remember correctly.
1: Well, as I recall, though, I feel like for them it's always an icy shock racing through their body, and Tamalthor, which is Rand's dad's name, he doesn't really look like he gets icy shocked at all. Okay. But you know, like anyway, it's like that stuff is. It doesn't feel essential to me anyway. True. True. Uh,
0: Still, I thought it was nice that that yeah, it establishes things more for Moraine, and we get to see that a little bit more.
1: Yeah. What? So, what was your favorite moment in all this?
0: Um, my favorite moment was uh, <laughs> Perrin axing the wife.
1: Damn. Because okay. that so just that so is you know, so strong. Is... Brother gets dark at times.
0: <laughs> I do. I do. I, I a little kinda...
1: wife-axing here and there.
0: <laughs> I kind of enjoy when you know you can let characters like kind of be brought down into misery a little bit. I kind yeah. I kind of joke sometimes like, oh yes, the suffering. <laughs> uh, but. It it, it was a big departure like we talked about, but I feel like it's only going to lead to interesting things and it's also just such a shock. Like, you know, sometimes these adaptations, if they're completely faithful, just, you know, like, okay, this happens, this happens, this happens. And I was kind of feeling like, okay, I know the general flow, but then that happened and I was like, what, what, what just happened?
1: Yeah, as a sideline, like, I uh, I watched the Shadow and Bone series on Netflix, and then mm. I decided to read the book because everybody loves it, and the first half of it was, like, verbatim what the series had been that I watched, uh. and I was like, wow, this is a good book, and it's so boring. Normally I read <laughs> first and then watch, and having the reverse experience was very strange. But, yeah, I mean, I that isn't the moment that I picked, but that is epic, and I love that they made that choice, and, you know, even though I feel like I could put – the characters in my books through worse than I do. But uh yeah, that's the secret to like great stories is just making them suffer. Mhm. Torture your characters. So, <laughs> uh on a lighter note, what what was your what
0: was the best moment for you?
1: Okay, so I feel like uh Hopefully a lighter moment. No. This is yeah, I feel funny about this because my most most feel-good moment, maybe that's what I'm going to claim here, I don't know if it was best, (laughs) was honestly when they're riding out of the two rivers and Moraine's voice comes over saying that passage that begins and ends every book in the series. It's just like, I love this series so much. It's a big part of the reason that I started, that I became a writer and I see Jordan's influence all over in my writing and Sanderson's too. And like those words just like, they're like emotional for me. You know, like the wheel of time turns and ages come like, ah, fuck. Like that's it. Like, even though it's kind of cheesy. Yeah. that It just hit me in the feels like watching them trot out. And yeah, it, I just got this sense of like, wow, they're really doing it. Like we're actually really getting this story on the big screen. It, it feels like the big screen because we're at Alex's house and he has, I watch everything on my phone. He's got like <laughs> I don't know, like a giant TV. So it's like, I,
0: I'm a gamer. I have a big TV. What yeah, of it? <laughs> it's
1: really cool. No, it's great. I love it because yeah, I uh, did miss some of the epic shots on my phone. I I <laughs> my reaction was a little less emotional,
0: but I'm right there with you. Nice. Yeah, it's it's a great. Uh, that's you know it's that's one of the things that always sticks with me from the Wheel of Time is that passage
1: yeah and i feel like it wouldn't have worked at the beginning and the no. beginning it would just feel pretentious yes. and so they have moraine like sort of just giving you bare bones of like i'm on a quest to find the person who will save the world and you're like cool i want to be on that quest with you and then at the end they're like okay now we're going to pull you a little bit into the mythos yeah because the mythos is deep in this one
0: very very <laughs> deep i i am <laughs> i am not so proud as to say uh, not say that i didn't get lost a a time or two. Oh, totally. Reading the books. I mean, there's a lot.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Especially when Jordan starts to get into his hundred page prologues, literally there are a hundred pages and he just bangs like point of view after point of view of side characters that you do not remember their names or where they are, or what they're doing. Yes. And you get like a few pages of them doing something whack and then they're gone until the next book. Maybe they'll show up in the prologue. And it's like, he's like beating you over the head with Epic. And is like, this is way too complex for you to understand. Kind of like a George RR Martin, like, family tree (laughs) thing like people have tried to chart out the kinship in that series and anyway I digress again obviously (laughs) it's hard not to it is hard yeah I feel like so we're going to have a section called other wheels turn in which we intentionally digress into related (laughs) works of wonder yes Um, but I want to talk about next episode predictions well my next episode
0: prediction I got into this a little bit but uh, action set piece where Mm -hmm. the is rescued from the trollocs To show off more one power shenanigans. And I feel like it's going to feel pretty extraneous.
1: Oh, God. Okay. Because I was thinking about what happens in the book. There is like a pretty big set piece thing that is not battle with Trollocs. Uh, I am not remembering this. Okay. Uh, Well, I'm not going to spoil it for anybody, but there is a different thing. But I could totally see like Trollocs, you know, like attack again. And Neneve like somehow has survived and is a badass and like i yeah i don't know if they do that yeah i think it's gonna be hard to pull off yeah yes but i my episode prediction as well was ninaev can't be dead i mean partially because she is such a main character throughout the entire series but also just partially watching this series watching the first episode as a writer you don't dedicate screen time or page time to a throwaway character they would not have had that conversation with marina ninaev in there and Wayne wouldn't care about her as much and Rand wouldn't ask about her if she was going to be gone after first episode so to me basically she has what we call plot armor like she's way too important (laughs) to get hurt so she's going to show up it's just a question of when and is it going to be cheesy but I, I really hope, because they made such a bold decision, I hope that they pay it off with it being just as epic how she comes back.
0: I, I hope so, too, but I'm a little more pessimistic. Yeah. I feel like we're going to get more into, <laughs> it's time to roll the dice, like uh, you said, yeah. but like Matt's saying. I feel like we're going to get a little bit of that flavor, Yeah, and I, it's not going to hit well. I hope I'm wrong. I really do hope I'm wrong. I
1: will admit... I'm I, cynical. I already get some of that flavor from, like... I just feel like there are moments that feel a little overacted. Like when Mm. they're chasing down that false dragon and the wheel, like the rocks fall down and he like throws himself to the ground. (laughs) And then he's like looking up at them all desperate and sweaty and like, okay, backstory, this guy is probably actually insane. We saw he was insane because his friend disappeared. Right. But it just felt like a little bit, and even the way that the, the sister was talking to him felt a little bit like campy. Yeah, it it did seem a little, like, not quite stilted, but yeah. It it felt like I would believe this if I was flipping through channels, if that was a thing that I still did. But, like, (laughs) if I was in a movie theater, I'd be like, wait, what? You know, like, it felt like TV in a way Mm. where they're going a little bit more for lowest common denominator to make sure that you stay through the next commercial break which uh like the less of that the better for me like i don't need overacted i just want like yeah or like a dramatic like trailer moment yeah yeah totally yeah that's a (laughs) hell of a like trailer like one second you know like desperate sweaty caldrogo so yeah looking up at at these women who are like you must die (laughs) all right so perhaps the most difficult of our ideas for this after show (laughs) Is summarizing this episode in three words. It was very
0: easy for me. Okay, extremely easy because I wanted to bring this in as a separate point, but this lets me bring it in now. Okay. Um, My three words are blood and ashes. Hmm. Which is something that gets said a lot. Hell yes. Nice. In various permutations, blood and bloody ashes. Yep. Or just blood and ashes. Burn me. Yeah. Yeah. Because we had a lot of blood, and Two Rivers is kind of left in ashes. Damn. Nice work. And that's the exact beginning of our story.
1: Ah, that's awesome. I love that. Yes, Blood and Ashes. You probably noticed that, like, they're saying thank the light and stuff. They're, like, the whole sort of, like, pan-continental religion is, like, light versus dark. It's a little bit heavy-handed, but that's how they curse. There's no real curse words in this, which is, like, a thing that, for better or worse, I picked up in my own books. But um, Blood and Ashes is a thing they say a lot. That's great. Mine was... Perrin did what? Because <laughs> I just couldn't... I was like, God, when you know, it's so believable. He's just like fighting Trollocs and then, bam, he chops his wife. It's just like, yeah, it's one of those moments where as a writer, I'm like, you just went there. Yeah. It's yeah. awesome, as discussed. Like, it's going to be super cool to see where they go, but that was, uh, yeah. That it's, was, yeah, there's,
0: well, I, I can get into that in Other Wheels' turn, but there, i Nice. Uh, Shocking moments. You know, obviously I loved it, (laughs) like I talked about. You know, just, I'm here
1: for that wife-chopping action. (laughs) Yeah. Just got to love that (laughs) wife-chopping action. Uh, Cool. Well, uh, hit me with it. Let's go to the other wheel's turn. So this is the part where we talk about, like, whatever else we're reading or watching or playing that feels like if you like this, you might be into that because like jordan is such a force in fantasy not just fiction but all things fantastical that i feel like his his uh influence reverberates out and now especially with brandon sanderson brandon sanderson having finished the series and he's super influential there's just a lot that ties back to this series so we were just going to talk about the other things that we're experiencing and enjoying that kind of relate back that you might be into so what were you going to say?
0: Um, so th- this is, it's not, uh, I don't know if I if I could necessarily recommend it if you like Wheel of Time because it's mm. kind of a very different thing altogether, mm-hmm. but it's something that uh, I, uh, I'm a gamer, I, I do stream, I'm on Twitch. One of the games I played was a game called ReKinder, mm-hmm. which was a mm-hmm. uh, Japanese game made way back in 2004. And oh, it's, wow. Um, a game where uh, you're like an elementary school kid. You go on a trip to see your grandparents. And when you come back, your town is like all distorted, weird, there's zombies running around. Mm-hmm. And in like the first 10 minutes of the game, like one of you, one of your friends, you know, a like 10 year old something child dies, bloodily, Damn. like murdered. Damn. And there's this moment of like, oh shit, they went there. Yeah. And I mean, if it's one of those games where, you know, you kind of have to try and save everyone. And if you screw up, there can even be like a moment where uh, one of your one of your other friends, who's also in elementary
1: school, puts a gun to her head, dang, and pulls the trigger. So they—it's a game where they go there. It's a game. Tangential too, with you come back to your village and it's overrun with zombies. Or True. Frollicks in this case. <laughs> True. True. That's awesome. Uh, I feel like one of my well, the thing that I've been reading, as I mentioned, is a. Uh, the first book in the Shadow and Bone series by Lee Bardugo and um, yeah it was really really following the Netflix series closely and I really liked the Netflix series um, and uh, I into it that they made similar casting choices that like the people are much more colorful in the series in the Netflix series than they are in the book um, but yeah like I said it was really weird because the first half of the book was just the series and then, big departure at about like 45 percent on my kindle mm. uh and now i'm really into it but i feel like there are it's like the it's ya fantasy but there are definitely still uh like you can feel jordan's influence in there um in just a kind of more like romancy kind of way but it's got like really cool big epic magic things i feel like yeah, if you want fantasy that's on the lighter side, if you're not ready to commit to fifteen thousand pages, <laughs> and we're talking like very small print pages here, people.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you know, and <laughs> they're the, ridiculous. There, there's, there's all those pages, and then there's a big old glossary.
1: Oh yeah, there's a big old glossary and maps and, and let's not forget the hundred page those. prologue. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway, but yeah, that's that's mostly what I've been turning on. I am also a father. and I'm writing my own books and I don't get a lot of time to turn my other wheels. It's like, so nice to sit down and watch an episode of this. Honestly, like, yeah, it's just super cool. I hope that y'all enjoyed it. Uh, and, enjoyed us talking over it if you listen to that yeah I I did I did want to ask about uh,
0: Shadow and Bone which which direction did you enjoy more the way the the show took the direction or the direction the book is
1: going? oh that's a really good question I think that I like the yeah I like the book better Mm. The show, I'm assuming, started weaving in elements of book two and had all these characters that have not appeared yet in book one doing this separate heist thing ah. that sort of overlapped and sort of didn't with the like main plot line. And the book just doesn't fuck with any of that. It's just like, no, no, main plot line means that this thing happens hard left. Mm. And uh, yeah, it just makes more sense for the character and it's been really cool since. So I think that if I had read the book first, I would be really tickled by the different way that the series spun it, but I think actually the book's take is better, which is cool.
0: Well, and that's always the thing. Books, you you have as much uh, pages and words as your publisher or your own patience as an author allows you to have. You yeah, know, totally. Even, even with these Netflix or Amazon series, you know, you can't go whole you can't go completely nuts with the length you you know you still got to pay your actors (laughs) and everything there's more expense and everything involved so you can't quite go as expansive you're always i feel like you're always going to get more in the books generally speaking yeah totally
1: and you know like in some cases that can be too much
0: (laughs) some cases i mean still
1: absolutely read these books they're great but like just be prepared for like 90s pacing and gender stereotypes Yeah, you know like uh, you know they're becoming classics which means that they were influential but perhaps won't stand up to they were products of their time yeah
0: and even I feel like as time went on because it took some time to release as the wheel of
1: time turned (laughs) and ages came and went as our own age turned um,
0: (laughs) it became a little
1: more clear that they were products of their time and stayed products of their original time but Well, this series is not the beginning, but it is a beginning. (laughs) (laughs) There are no beginnings or endings in the world of epic fantasy,
0: but it is a beginning.
1: Nice. Well, uh, we'll leave it at that. Until next time. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think we've blathered on enough.
1: (laughs) Yeah, thanks for uh, hanging out with us for the after show. Uh, I'm super excited. I gotta say that, like, Almost my favorite moment of this is just that it's there at all. It like, exists. It's so fucking cool yes. to see these characters in this story brought to life because I love them to death. And like, honestly, like if somebody was producing this on like a tiny budget and just posting on YouTube, I'd still be so fucking down. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> it's just it's so great that it exists. Yeah, and that you know <gasps> like they're sinking all this money into it and like it's beautiful and they're making bold story choices yes you know, know not like, just it's not just not just a beat. boring retelling yeah I, i've definitely
0: seen some adaptations where it's just it's beat for beat or even worse it's beat for beat but they can't fit in all the beats right yeah so you lose a lot of the nuance yeah
1: they simplify them down yeah totally awesome well until well, next time ages come and pass but the watch along of time remains <laughs> all right <laughs> we'll work we'll work on that <laughs> we shall <laughs>